see how long it takes you to pick up where I'm reading from. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is your reasonable service. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will learn how, then you will know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the grace God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, Speak out with as much faith as God has given you or with the measure of faith God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach them well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. And of course, that's Romans 12, 1 to 10. So, thanks for coming today. And thanks for returning to the second session after lunch. As has already been said, we're here to learn about mid-sized groups and in recent weeks we have announced a new pattern or fresh expressions of meeting and on week two and week four of each month we will have a whole church gathering and next week the message will be why church the the people of the spirit i made a mistake when i uh, sent it through to chris uh, and it said a people of the spirit we're not a people of the spirit the church is the people of the spirit that's what is a distinguishing mark, but I get ahead of myself. And so some of you may be saying, we have already heard enough about restart. Are you not, and are we not restarted yet already? And you may be tired hearing about a new strategy and new structures for fulfilling our purpose. And you may be asking, uh, what's the difference between whole church gatherings and tri-connects and mid-sized groups? And there is the danger talking too much about doing things before you actually do anything. Or worse, talking about it instead of actually doing anything. But we will not talk about these things forever. Uh, but we need to make plans. We're making plans. And we need to communicate them and then let things settle down into a, a critique and even a valid criticism is that throughout Connect, we need to improve communication about what's happening. And to an extent, I agree with that. Uh, maybe not more communication, but better communication. There is this going on, but uh, we need more communication. More communication is given, 
uh, we don't have the capacity to absorb more communication. So uh, communication is about the speaker and the hearer as well, but we need to get better at communicating. We get that, I get that. Today we are learning about mid-sized groups and hopefully many or most of your questions will be answered. What are they? When are they happening? Who will lead and organize them? And where will they happen? And in previous times, probably pre-lockdown, we would have had a special meeting to discuss these things on a weekday evening, probably. Uh, but we're going to limit such meetings as much as possible for reasons I will touch on. Um, only essential meetings are going to happen. We want to enable as much good connection and, and uh, good, yeah, good connection and we don't want to have meetings for the sake of it. That's why we're doing these sessions like we are this morning. The why of mid-sized groups has been put forward already. Um, and our purpose is to keep rediscovering what it means to be church as Jesus intended and in the power of his spirit make disciples in our context and culture. A disciple of Jesus is someone who is being formed in his character and in his mission. And so we want mid-sized groups to help us fulfill that purpose. The why of mid-sized groups is to fulfill the Romans 12 passage, which we read a few moments ago. The why is to help people serve others both inside but especially outside the church. The why is to take the good news that we have heard and share it with others. And we heard a bit about that in earlier in the first half. So, getting into the detail, what is a mid-sized group? Well, the first clue is in its name. Um, they are not small groups like discipleship cells or home groups as we have understood them perhaps to date. And it's not, they're not large groups. I mean, that's... Self-explanatory, like whole church gatherings, they're mid-sized groups, they're something in between. And I must say this, it is likely that um, when they are formed and well-established, the name will change to something better than MSGs, you know, uh, so <laughs> it's just things are named in order to define, in order to describe, in order to communicate. And that's why it's named that way, mid-sized groups. They could also be called mission shape that they're shaped by mission. But describing their size doesn't really explain their purpose. A mid-sized group is a group of 20 to 40 people joining. There is actually good research, which I'll share with you, that the numbers, that numbers matter in terms of group dynamics. Um, and 20 to 40 does have a particular dynamic. And there's um, uh, a relative uh, of a family in this church, uh, a professor of psychology who, with others, has um, put out a really good paper on the dynamics of numbers and how it affects church and how it affects church growth and all of that. I'm happy to share that. But mid-sized groups could be 10 to 20. Let's not get hooked up on the numbers, please. The issue is the dynamic of the connections. The issue is their purpose. A people, a group of people joining together for the purpose of community and mission. 
community is perhaps fellowship and old money and mission is uh, evangelism and old money if you want to look at it that way but for the purpose of community and mission and the word and in there is very very important to define them much more than that would be to limit what they're about so I won't do that but what will they do so let me give you some examples of what mid-sized groups could do sometimes things are hard to define and an example gets you there so a mid-sized group could be three-generation church or family church uh, a, a larger group like uh, Nigel and Naomi led where you have the children involved and in, uh, all at one in one space that won't suit everybody so that could be one a mid-sized group could run an alpha course a mid-sized group could run a parenting course a mid-sized group could do a specific Bible study or Bible studies a mid-sized group could do a fresh start course for addicts a mid-sized group could have a cafe style church we have refurbed these facilities there's a good kitchen and it could be cafe style church or breakfast church on a Sunday um, or lunch church it could supper you, you get it food um, a mid-sized group could do the prayer course a mid-sized group could undertake to find out about certain mission missions or missionaries and over a period of time find out as much as they can about them and pray for them and write to them and support them and talk about them and and that could be for a season they could take on a project uh, to get behind it and support that they could do that a mid-sized group could be a group that uh, meets to support from here our persecuted brothers and sisters they're not necessarily a reduced version of the whole church gathering but they could be that if a group wanted it to be if a group said well you know we want to do the practices of singing and sharing and teaching perhaps even like we used to do when we were smaller in number both across there and out at Curry Siskin and you could say well we, we want to have that and if the group wants to have that and if there's a, people who want to do that then the answer is yes There'll be very very few no answers if it fits in with the purpose at all of community and mission under the Lordship of Jesus you can't say no to that you wouldn't say no to that so but just on that point a question arises and has already arisen are these mid-sized groups actually small churches no but some of them could become that churches could be planted because of these groups churches with their own unique identity and flavor that could happen I said last week that I think in the New Testament churches had a place and they had meetings and they had practices and they had leadership and there may be other things that make up uh, church in the New Testament like, you know communion and manifestations of the Spirit etc but mid-sized groups could become church plants that's a, that's a hope who knows this is why we need to pray and uh, as I say it in the New Testament um, there needs to be the the dynamic of the apostolic and the and the prophetic if there's going to be planting of churches so God needs to speak in other words and 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 uh, move people this needs to be the spirit moving people not just because we said oh we're going to do this couldn't do that 
But those are just examples. The ideas come from within. The ideas for mid-sized groups come from within this group. Those who've turned up for the second half um, and others who are not here as well. They don't come from the front. So get praying and get thinking. As leaders, and this is our approach, we desire to hold things up, not hold things up. So that, this is really the approach. Um, this is, that's our heart. So that's what they will do. When will they meet? In previous times, mid-sized groups might have happened in addition to normal Sunday service. But we are doing this in a way that they, ha- uh, that they happen instead of what was considered to be normal Sunday service. That's why you have the alternate weeks. We have week two and week four for that. We're not giving up on that. Yes, mid-sized groups will meet on alternate weekends. So it could be Sunday or it could be Saturday weekends uh, to the whole church gathering. And I've said this before, and I will keep repeating this. We want to build in capacity, our, our margin and capacity in all that we do. Not least so that people can commit fully without becoming overwhelmed. Okay, so this is why these things are spaced out and spread out, not rushed, and loads of capacity, and because we want to enable people to commit fully without being overwhelmed. And we especially want to help families live on mission all of the time. So that families and people live on mission all of the time, seven days a week. And that uh, being on mission is not selling all that you have and going to another country. It involved that for some. It has involved that for some here. Uh, but we, I think we really need to develop that mindset that we are all on mission all of the time. No matter, no matter through what avenue your money comes. Well... You know what I mean. So, if mid-sized groups are on Sunday or Saturday, then people do not have to be out to another meeting midweek. So that especially parents don't have to be out to another meeting midweek. Let me speak to, to an issue here. It seems that across the board that there's an issue with Generation Xers and Millennials, that's people of my generation and the next one following, when it comes to commitment and sacrifice. There's something going on in my generation and the generation following, generally speaking, when it comes to commitment and sacrifice. Um, And this is why we read Romans 12, 1 and 2, and that's why it needs to be reheard. And it's easy to get caught up in the drive for upward mobility in socioeconomic terms. So easy to get caught up in that, in that drive that's in society, that's in our culture. And being part of the church in our generation doesn't stop that. I contend, and some, sometimes it fuels it, especially for young families this drive for upward mobility, which, let me hear me out, please hear me out. Being part of the church does not lead to, or should not lead to becoming richer, or indeed poorer, 
but it should lead to us becoming more hospitable, more generous, and indeed to become more sacrificial. So it's not about, you know, hear the both sides of that. Forget about the richer, the poorer bit, but it is about enabling, uh, I think in particular, my generation and the generation following uh, what it is to be hospitable and generous, and yes, live sacrificially. We are blessed to have so many young families, and we want to help them thrive in every single way. But we want to also empower them to do it when they're on mission, whilst on mission. And we want marriages and families to thrive, and we'll be doing things to help that. We will be, especially around, uh, there's going to be something particularly around fatherhood. We really want to to uh, get behind fathers. It's so necessary for lots of reasons. I'm not going into that today. But we want to get behind marriages and families and we want to help them thrive without falling into an idolatry of family and of marriage and of children. Jesus is Lord. Your spouse isn't and your children aren't. But the the truth is that as we come under the lordship of Jesus, our families will thrive. But there can be a kind of idolatry around some of this in Christian circles. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom, and all these things shall be added to you. That's all the things that the pagans were, were, were anxiously pursuing and the necessities of life. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all these things shall be added to to you. Now, there's a tension here. Believe me, I've lived it for over 20 years, this tension. There is, this is one reason why we pulled back to two whole church gatherings in the month and are starting these mid-sized groups. That's one reason, to help families to commit without exhausting them and with helping, by helping them to thrive while they're doing it. But this is not just for the married and the children. It's not just for the young. It's for all. So it's for those who are living out their discipleship as single or um, if they're older or younger, it's for us all. And we want those who are single or those who are older to be involved in both leadership and facilitation of mid-sized groups and everything else as well. We don't want to get out of shape in that. Another reason why we're putting in margin and is that we want to make sure that in the calendar there's good opportunities for TriConnects to develop. That's the discipleship sales. I'm not going to talk about the purpose of them just now. We need to reboot them. Some are really thriving. Some significant issues in people's lives are getting resolved. Some issues that have been unresolved for a long time are getting resolved because of these triconnects. Others are not thriving. We know that. And um, in any reboot of a thing like that, you're dealing with people. And people are people. They're not machines. So please be patient. We have to work some of this stuff out. Um, We want to make it easy to reconfigure these things. So mid-sized groups will meet at the alternate weekends. They'll also be seasonal. 
They'll run for a season. So say between now and Christmas. Christmas to Easter and so on. Like school term, school term times maybe. Something like that. And if mid-sized groups are being fruitful, they will be kept going. If they're not, we'll pause, we'll ask why, and we'll do something different. See the word fruitful in there? Okay. So where will they meet? The answer is wherever it enables the fulfillment of the purpose of the mid-sized group. What's the mid-sized group doing? Where can it be done? However, these facilities, the Connect Centre, have been refurbished with mid-sized groups in mind. It wasn't to get 170, 180 people into a room. It was, how can we facilitate mid-sized groups? That kind of interaction, the hospitality aspect, the just the open space, the, good ki- the better kitchen and all of that. So these buildings can be used for mid-sized groups. But if someone was doing something specific and they needed to go to another venue or to another town, please do it. In any public space, there's always minimum health and safety requirements that must be fulfilled. So bear that in mind. CoreServe team want to make it as easy as possible for mid-sized groups to use these facilities. But just bear that in mind, that there are minimum requirements that need to be, it's a public space that need to be met, and it's our job to help you to do that. Some of the detail of how to do that will come at the next stage as we meet with co-leaders and the co-facilitators of these new mid-sized groups. And that leads me to my final point, which you'll be glad to hear. What is the next step? So potential co-leaders and co-facilitators have and will be identified and invited to roundtable meetings within the next two weeks. For that purpose, just to contradict what I said, there needs to be a couple of midweek meetings for that purpose. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But it's just to get us over this stage. It's just to get us through this stage. Okay. Not only will mid-size group leaders be identified, but there will be facilitators as well. So it looks like this. There's a, there's a, 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 there's a leader or co-leaders, and they'll have a team of facilitators with them to help them fulfill the purpose. That's how it works. This will be teamwork. On the 17th of October, the mid-size groups that are starting will be announced for you to sign up. Now, some of them... So it'll be announced on the 17th of October which ones are starting, and then there'll be a system for people to sign up to them. If you step forward as a leader and you come up with an idea, the risk is that others don't agree with you, and you don't have a mid-sized group, but you have a zero-sized group. So just be, just be aware of, you know, that's the tension. Okay? That'll be maybe more difficult than if they're oversubscribed. And as I said, because they're seasonal, who knows? Some of them may start now, some of them may start in January. Okay, but we work this out together. There may be some turbulence ahead. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts. Now what they said. Of course there is. Change. There's always turbulence. That's what's going to happen. But hopefully some order will come out of the chaos. And we have... Um, there's track record on... God bringing order out of chaos. So we look to him to do that. So this is a a learning forum. And as I said, it's not 
you know, there needs to be some understanding and grappling with some of this stuff. I'm going to open the room for questions and comments. But let me finish with this about uh, consumers, participants, and disciples. If you come to connect to consume some good news because you're weary and worn or you're sick and sad, you are welcome. And we hope that we give you some good news worth consuming. So if you just come, and I know that's, that's unlikely to be those in this room at the second half, but I think this has been recorded. So I'll say, if you just are fed up with life and just weary and worn, um, and you just need to consume something that's sustaining you, try us out and see. Is that happening? Uh, I was thinking about this. Jesus wanted disciples, but he didn't get rid of consumers. In fact, he multiplied bread for them and fish. And then there's participants. And that's if you're here because you want to participate, that's even better. We need your contribution. We want your contribution. But remember, church is a family, and every family has its own way of doing things, has its own code of conduct, so to speak, even if it's unspoken and not written down, and that should be honored. If you want to come participate, let's honor the way we do things. But if you come to connect and you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you're in the right place. But remember that disciples make disciples. That's the New Testament pattern. Disciples make disciples. You learn, and then you teach. You learn, and then you teach. And it's usually life on life. It's not like this. And I'm, I'm not a, uh, we are for preaching and teaching. Absolutely. And that will be maintained. And for those that are worrying about, you know, closing down Sunday morning meetings, we have the whole church gatherings. There will be preaching and teaching. But remember this as well. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, there's a cost of being a disciple. But hear this. There's an even greater cost of non-discipleship. There is a cost of discipleship, but there's an even greater cost of non-discipleship. I remember saying to someone many years ago, I, in my immature state, or more immature state, um, I parroted a statement that I heard growing up. It costs to go through with God. And someone, I said it to someone who we all know, who's no longer in the room, uh, it costs to go through with God. And they said to me, no, that's where you're wrong. It'll cost you not to go through with God. And he was right. It wasn't so much um, iron sharpens iron as it was hammer cracks not. You know, that was the kind of... <laughs> that was the kind of... Uh, some of you know, will know who I'm referring to. And thank God for the times when the hammer needed to crack the nut. Most of them. I think mid-sized groups will be an integral part of building a discipleship culture. So you'll have questions, and some of you will want to send them perhaps by text or email uh, or ask them directly in another forum. But the room's open now for questions, and people who have booked lunch at the Bushmills Inn should feel free to slip out whenever they need to and take me with them. 
So we're going to have an open, we're going to have an open mic. We're going to do it because um, in a COVID-compliant way, which looks like wiping the mic every time after someone holds it or speaks. Okay, that's what that looks like. We have a risk assessment in place for that kind of thing, but that's for another, another space. Okay, who would like to ask a question or make a comment? <laughs> 